Laura. Yes. I'm just going to say it. The most amazing thing about pizza today is how we order it. That is quite the hot cheesy take. I know. But but look it. Look it. I'm going to I'm going to order for us right now. I'm going to grab my phone, open up the app for my pizza purveyor of choice. I'm going to okay, enter a large. I want a large hand toss crust toppings what you want your usual pineapple. Pineapple mm-hmm. thing? Yes. Okay. This is how I'm going to pay for it. Same way I did last time and we're done. It's magic. The major pizza brands are using tech and data collection in ways the founders could only have dreamed of. 15 years ago, Domino's added something to its app that is so mind-blowing, some people actually don't believe it's real. It's the pizza tracker. You want to go down the kitchen? I'll show you. Yeah. I want to know. Okay. Jenny Foraker is in the communications department at Domino's. We went out to see her at the company's world headquarters. Because this is like a big myth that I feel like I spend a lot of time myth-busting is the, is the tracker real. The tracker is a feature in the Domino's app. Its design is simple. It's a bar graph that shows you your order is processing. Your order is being made by Cindy or Lamar or Brian or whoever. Your pizza is now on the way to where you live, driven by Lisa. Is that her real name? Jenny says absolutely. So when you come into work, you sign in and you have a role down in this kitchen. We're standing there inside the kitchen where all Domino's employees get their pizza boot camp. Jenny points up to the computer screen where orders come in. She explains that in today's Domino's kitchens, there are now several computer screens. Every person now logs in as they start their work. So like if you're taking an order, you're signed in as the order taker, right? If you're signed in to be the pizza maker in the back, then you're here making the pizza. She moves along from topping bin to topping bin, sauce, cheese, meats, veggies, pineapples. You click the keyboard before you put it in the oven. It clears it out. That's how we know it went to the oven. And then we clock it here so we know it's been dispatched to a driver. It's so funny because when I see somebody's name attached to my pizza, whatever they're doing, I'm like, yes, thank you, Brian. Uh, I, I trust you to shepherd my pizza. Technology is so much a part of chain pizza operations that today, of the hundreds employed at Domino's HQ, most of them are coders and developers. And the reason it now works like this, my friend? Yes. The reason is pizza. This is Doe Dynasty, the podcast all about Michigan's pizza empires and the glory they hath wrought. I'm April Fair. And I'm Laura Weber Davis. This is an extra cheese episode, and I think I'm about to get schooled about pizza's relationship with technology. You got it. Today, I am taking you into the pizza matrix. This is the story of how pizza chains became tech companies. Now, for the purposes of this episode right here, we're not going to talk about the kind of technology that helps to physically make pizzas. Right. That was episode two. Right. Today, we're talking about the tech and data that helped hungry people connect with the makers and vice versa. Big pizza tech. You don't even know. Here, let's start with Stuart DeGoss. Stewart's got a long history in quick-service restaurants. He's worked for Domino's, McDonald's, Wendy's, and more. When he retired from Little Caesars in 2021, 
His title was... Vice President of Concept and Industry Intelligence, amongst other things. Industry intelligence, as in pizza industry intelligence? Mm-hmm. All that secret insider piecraft spycraft. Our president and one of the vice presidents came to me one day and said, you know, you've, you've done a good job helping us with our research. We'd like to have you start a, a division. What they wanted him to do was track the trends at other pizza chains and compare it to what Little Caesars was doing. And Stuart was like, sure, that sounds interesting. They said, oh, by the way, you've got to go to Boston for a week of training. It was an intense uh, eight to eight every day of the week, learning from former CIA, former military intelligence. Are you allowed to say what some of the things were they were teaching you there? It wasn't just collect the data, that was part of it, of course, but how do you analyze it? What does it really mean? Should we be in the delivery business? Should we have a deep dish product? You know, what about gluten-free crusts? Selling pizza is absolutely about the product and about figuring out what makes the customer most likely to buy. But as we've told you, in the 1960s, when the Michigan brands we've been talking about, Little Caesars, Domino's, and all their competitors, when they were trying to break through, they needed ways to get an edge over all the burger slingers and chicken fryers of the quick service industry, which is how the first major development of big pizza tech emerged. You mean ye old rotary phone? In 1998, when I first started learning about this company, 80% of our business was transacted over the telephone. Dave Brandon is the executive chair of Domino's. He was the CEO during the first decade of the 2000s. We'd give you a magnet that would go in your refrigerator with that phone number. We would send that out in all of our print ads. Our job was to get that phone number in your head and get it next to your phone. So phones were the first big tech leap forward. What comes next? Well, once you've got it established in your customer's head that the fastest way to get a pizza is to order by phone, all of a sudden another powerful tool comes into play. I'm Steve Green. Steve has done a number of jobs in the industry. These days, he publishes a magazine called PMQ. It's kind of like the financial times of the pizza industry. Back in the day, Steve Green started out publishing cable TV guides. But he went to check out a job at Domino's. They were looking for someone to do the marketing legwork for soon-to-open pizza shops. Steve Green got that job, got promoted to be the company's marketing director. And he was so into it, he eventually bought a couple of Domino's franchises of his own. And it was during this time he realized something. You know, we had a secret weapon over other restaurants, and that is we had the home addresses of of all of our customers. So in the mid-1980s, Steve Green says very few companies or franchisees were using that information. Then in 1985, Domino's creates this program called DAOT. It was a sort of really early form of a database. And that was a simple way for you to input your customers' addresses into a computer and then be able to do rough mailings to them. That was the system that I used. Then I realized that I wanted it to do a lot of other things. He figured out that a database could really goose store sales in certain ways. Got some slow days on your weekly calendar? What if you offer a sweet deal on a large one topping and bank on folks getting some drinks and a salad to go with it? 
Using the data like this, Steve Green created a business called, wait for it, Green Mail. And I really was sort of an evangelist for it. I was really trying to get Domino's to buy into my system. Eventually, they went into competition with me. That's when I started working for non-Domino's pizza customers. Eventually, Steve Green says he had 10% of all Domino's franchisees using his Green Mail system. Coordinate that with mailbox coupons and a pizza brand's national TV ad buys. And it's like this hypnotic refrain whispering in the customer's ears. Pizza. 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 See what I mean? Yeah, totally. But, okay, so this is all pretty old technology. I wouldn't even call it technology. When do I get to order pizza on my mobile app? We're getting there. But we're going to need that spy master of the industry, Stuart DeGoss, to move us into the next phase. Well, I guess we'll do that right after this break. We'll be right back. Support for the Doe Dynasty podcast comes from Visit Detroit, featuring the Detroit Pizza Pass, a digital passport to curated pizza restaurants in Metro Detroit with mobile check-in opportunities at each location. Information at visitdetroit.com slash digital passes. Support for the Doe Dynasty podcast comes from Visit Detroit, featuring the Detroit Pizza Pass, a digital passport to curated pizza restaurants in Metro Detroit with mobile check-in opportunities at each location. Information at visitdetroit.com slash digital passes. Around the time Domino's founder sold his company, Stuart DeGoss had been working there for about eight years. He decided to cross over and go to work for Mike and Marion Illich at Little Caesars. At that point, these two big pizza businesses, they were both making pizza, but they were very different. Right. Domino's was leaning hard on delivery, whereas Little Caesars was all about the carryout. Exactly. That means that Domino's had this huge pile of data that it was putting to work. Customers' names, phones, addresses. Little Caesars, not so much. When I went to Little Caesars, we, we had a cash register. That was it. Part of Stewart's early work at Little Caesars was getting them in on the data game, modernizing operations, and he did. Things were happening at some of the other Michigan pizza chains as well. The biggest change that I would say in the last 30 years has been technology. Steve Jackson is the CEO of Hungry Howie's, a company that has 535 stores in 21 states including in its birthplace of Michigan. This is a brand that's been around for 50 years as of this year. And Steve Jackson has been the CEO for most of it, including the period when computers came into the pizza shop. The computerized POS systems, point of sale systems that are, were put in stores, we started putting them in in the middle 90s. And you got a hot, flower, dusty environment, and you're taking this special piece of equipment, a computer, and, and putting it in a store. So that was, that was an interesting transition for those developers to, to get it to the point that it would survive the battlefield. And once they did, it was pretty much the same data goldmine the other big brands had figured out. We have your name, we have your address, your landline if you have it, your cell phone if you have it, we have your email address, we know what you eat, and we know when you eat it. So when we start dealing with 
data scientist years ago, they couldn't believe the possibilities, what could be done with that information. It took no time at all for customers to want to send their pizza orders online. Domino's was experimenting with this long before they took it to the shops. The early version had some bugs. Here's Domino's executive chair, Dave Brandon, again. So our first test market for online ordering was in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I flew in there one day and checked into a hotel and got out my computer. And that was back in the days we had to hook it on the cable. And And probably a dial-up system. Oh, totally. Dial-up system. So I hook up my computer and I'm going to order a pizza from Domino's online for the first time. And I set my watch next to the computer and I started going through screens and filling out this and filling out that and putting this information in, filling that information. Thirteen minutes later, I ordered the pizza. I pressed the button that said order, please. The the pizza arrived. It all worked. But I looked at the team and and I said, we got to make this better than a telephone experience. They kept at it. The technology got better. Brandon's successor, Patrick Doyle, went to the tech team in 2011 and asked them to build an app that could complete an order in the time it takes a red light to turn green. And today, 80% of Domino's orders come in online. The changes of online ordering go so far beyond the convenience that you and I might get out of it. Suddenly, chain pizza stores knew a lot more about what kind of toppings they should keep in stock and what kind were unlikely to ever sell. They know more about peak times and low spots and what actually affects sales. It's easier to make money now with the digital technology that's available to pizza operators. Thanks to many of the pizza chains, they invested heavily in pizza technology and delivery technology over the last five years. And that level of efficiency? Steve Green, the trade magazine publisher, says it's actually made the pizza business itself more profitable. They also taught our whole industry how to do it, and they more importantly, created an army of technology service providers that are now going in and helping independent pizza operators and other restaurants learn how to transform their pizza businesses. There's just so many tools that are available to to selling more pizza and making pizza better. All this just in time for an entirely different tech innovation to blow everything up. I mean, you you want to you want to talk about another game changer that's evolved over these recent years is third party delivery. When companies like DoorDash started popping up, Hungry Howie's CEO Steve Jackson was a total skeptic, and maybe not for the reason you think. It's not that he didn't think the third party services could hire drivers on par with the pizza chains. The one thing about the pizza business, it's always been a coupon-driven discount business. So what happens is the prices can tend to be on the higher side, but the offers are way less than what the normal menu prices are. So 
when these third parties came in and they wanted to start charging 30% of the order, I said, it'll never work. We devised a plan. That plan pretty much was if they order through third party, they pay menu price. I said, it'll never work. People aren't going to pay menu price. But a crazy thing happened. All those customers really enjoyed getting food delivered at menu price or even above. And in the last 24 months, we developed a relationship with DoorDash. They're handling about 6% of our business, which is baffling to me. Steve Jackson isn't entirely at peace with pizza's marriage to the third-party companies. It's crazy how fast they inserted themselves into pizza companies, which have employed their own drivers for decades. Yeah. And Steve Jackson points out almost all of them are operating at a loss. For sure, the tech investments we've been talking about, point-of-sale computer systems and pizza shops, apps for mobile customers, they are a lot harder for independent mom-and-pop pizza shops to get. One restaurant industry analyst figures we are losing independent pizzerias at the rate of hundreds and often thousands per year. These are shops that have fallen behind the big chain's investments in technology. But tech can happen for small pizza makers, too. There's this app called Slice that launched in 2010. It's like a portal that indie pizza shops use so they don't have to build their own apps to connect with customers. It's not the only tool the indies need, but it's a start. No one knows for sure how this is going to turn out for local pizza makers. We're going to have to leave this episode sitting in a big pile of uncertainty for some of our favorite indies in Michigan and all over. But we do know that technology has and will continue to play a role in how this durable, inventive industry evolves. Consider this. Domino's is now experimenting with delivering to just about any location based on a pin that you drop on a mobile map, your soccer game, a sidewalk, anywhere. And we do know this. Pizza finds a way every time. You've been listening to Doe Dynasty Extra Cheese, a limited-run podcast series from Michigan Radio. I'm April Bear, mushroom and pepperoni on thin crust. And I'm Laura Weber Davis, pineapple Detroit-style deep dish with ranch. We have had such a blast sharing slices of pizza history with you over the holidays, over a deep dish with halal pepperoni and artichokes, maybe. We hope that you can share this podcast with your family, your chosen family, your delivery guy, whoever you think maybe is going to be into it. This episode was produced by me, Nerd of All Nerds, April Bear. Other producers on the podcast are Ronia Cabansag, Mercedes Mejia, April Van Buren, and OG pizza delivery driver Mike Blank. Rachel Ishikawa is Doe Dynasty's podcast editor extraordinaire. Our web team is Jody Westrick with Paulette Parker, with help from Emma Winowicki. Special thanks to Pizza Consigliere, Holly Eaton, and to Tessa Crash, Kate Weiser, and Olivia Moradian. Our theme music for the Doe Dynasty Extra Cheese episodes comes from Gemini. Additional music from Audio Network and Blue Dot Sessions. Doe Dynasty also has a newsletter where you can get exclusive pizza-related content and more fun stuff. Sign up at michiganradio.org slash doe. Bye! Bye! Bye.